Thank you for tuning in to the Realities Podcast. Realities Podcast is a blog-term podcast about the realities of life, what's trending, being a mom and a wife, family, career, and everything in between. I hope you enjoy this next episode, but please make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Realities, and that is R-A-I-A-L-I-T-I-E-S. Let us know what you think about this next episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Reality. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We are back. We are back. Say hi, G. Hi, G. That's our thing. We start (laughs) off like that. All the time. All the time. So we have a guest. And of course, we are continuing with our series of the successful Black man, or what'd you call it last week, G? We made up. We came up with like nine different titles for it, but it's ultimately the successful <laughs> black man. It is. Or the success of a black man. S- success of a black man. I don't think that was it, though. Yeah, I think I made it out. Okay. Y'all know we're, we're wrong with it. We're going to go with it. Exactly. There we go. There we go. So we have Mr. James McCray with us, and we're going to allow him to introduce himself to you guys. I can tell you who he is. Yes, I know. First of all, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm not used to being on platforms like this. So having this opportunity is definitely a good thing. Um, James McCray, born and raised in the metropolitan area, grew up in between D.C., uh, PG, and Montgomery County. And I graduated from Montgomery Blair High School, went on to play football in Rhode Island at Bryant College. And then I transferred to Morgan State University. I studied communications there chasing too many women got in trouble i needed to Uh-oh. leave so i ended up going to Bowie state hey, classes, losing a whole bunch of credits and uh <laughs> trying to get my life back on track and be an adult but uh in the process i started working at department of justice as a student intern so i was there for a few years and i graduated from Bowie state in 2007 yeah 2007 and uh, from there i went to pursue my master's degree at towson university so my undergrad degree, TV production, um, and my master's degree is in Homeland Security Management and Security Risk and Assessment. And the reason why I merged those two things was because after graduating from Bowie State, I noticed that a lot of things were changing technology-wise and just in case I needed something to fall back on. And of course, after 9-11, I wanted to do something that could possibly help the country. So that's why I studied Homeland Security Management. Nice. Um, so yeah, fast that. forward. Years later, I started working for the Department of Defense as a investigator, and now I do multimedia production for the Department of Defense full-time, and I've been in that role for six years now. That's what's up. I didn't know that. That's yeah. what's up. Like, we learn something <laughs> yeah. different every day. Learn something different every day. Yeah. So aside from your full-time, full-time job, um, all right, you Answer have... No, it no, it's 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 uh Kim called me. <laughs> but yeah, I'll call her back. So can we lie? Uh, we lie. Right, right. <laughs> I'm have to edit this piece up. Um so aside from your full time, your full full time, because you have a lot of other mm-hmm. full time jobs, what tell us about your business or businesses? Yeah, so I do multimedia production. I'm a photographer and I'm a videographer. My company's name is McCray Multimedia or sometimes referred to as James McCray Multimedia. The James McCray Multimedia piece is more so for wedding photography. I like my brides and grooms to know my full name so that way they know who they're working with. McCray Multimedia is just a shorter version. A lot of people call me McCray. 
just because James was kind of boring. So I like McCray to <laughs> spruce it up a little bit. Um, but I do a lot of things. I do wedding photography, video. I do headshots. I do promo video, corporate videos. I do a school promotional videos. Pretty much anything multimedia that I can put my hands on, I'll do it. And I've been doing that for, I started my company seven years ago. That is Seven years that. ago is when I got really serious about it. And a lot of people often ask, you know, well, how did I get started? And mm-hmm. my grandfather got me started when I was a kid. So when I was growing up in D.C., I lived with my grandparents and my grandfather would never go to church. So my grandmother was trying to figure out, like, how can I get my husband into church? And so he started doing a video recording the services. And so because he needed help carrying gear and all that kind of stuff, he was like, well, if I got to go, young man, you got to go. So he would wake me up and drag me along, help me set up, had me help him set up the cameras and uh, do the production. So I picked it up from him. And then fast forward to high school years. I was a pretty good athlete, and my coaches were telling me that coaches wanted a video of my football games. So my offensive line coach, Coach Brian Nance, who's a really good friend of mine now still and one of my best mentors, he pretty much said, look, man, after football practice, we're going to go to the editing suite at the school because he was one of the TV production teachers. And he said, I'm going to show you how to edit every day. And we're just going to stay stay late after school, and you're going to learn trade so that way you can use it later if you want to. And after that, I was like, this is cool. Like, I can have fun and make money playing with cameras. Like, this is this is kind of yeah. dope. And I just ran with it from there, and I never looked back. That is amazing. And I know we said we're not tech savvy, but let me try to show you all <laughs> something. So this is a product of McCray Multimedia. It is. It is. <laughs> that is one of uh, the headshots that, that I took that I use for, for work, but it's for some apparent reason on this spot. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'll probably put it on here for that. That's my selfie. Yep. In the studio. So okay, Jay, you gonna show us your <laughs> I have one. <laughs> we get you scared away. Wait a minute. Hold on, wait. Oh no, I don't have no. No, we, we, we gotta get you scared away, Jenna. We're we gonna get you right. <laughs> I got my school one on the my one for my work I have, but when it's uh, sorry, it's just get you me. right. I got you. I'm gonna figure out how to do it. There, there you go. Honey. You You have done um, some school, some of the schools um, in the area, their their headshots for the the teachers and stuff. You did um, Mackenzie, my daughter's school. He did imagine their um, headshots. Yeah. So actually, I met I met imagine through a, a buddy of mine. He had their IT contract. And he was doing all the IT stuff and they reached out to him and said, hey, we need somebody to do headshots. Can you do it? And he came to me and said, yeah, I can do it without even asking me. And he was my neighbor also. So he was like, hey, come to my house. Um, I want to show you something. So he showed me the website, what they were looking for. And once I did it, they loved it. And they kept having me come back each year. Um, ironically, I actually have to meet with them Friday for headshots for the staff. So I think it's 60, 65 employees that I have to photograph this week. And now what happened is the other campuses, so Imagine has like four or five campuses. Once the others... <laughs> Can you <laughs> school like doing it? <laughs> no, and then we got to go back on Fridays. I don't know. Yeah, why. everybody going back Friday, yeah. So once they, um, the other schools started noticing that the other schools had better headshots, then the other campuses were like, well, can we get the same person to do it? So now I actually have all the Imagine schools under my belt and photographing them. So it's just growing exponentially. Oh, that cool. is what's up. Yes. And Gina, we can get your school on the map too if you uh 
Pass along the information. As long as you want to come to the hood, we good. Listen, I go everywhere. He said he I from Mo County, PG County, and DC. What part of DC though? I go every uptown northwest, but however, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was born in Southeast though, Greater Southeast Community Hospital. That's oh, where I originated from. Don't do that. Born, Don't do he that. He was born there. Don't do that. <laughs> he Don't walked know. out and he walked out and got a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> You don't gotta make that face. <laughs> you don't have to make that face. Oh, you really are in the hood, hood though, G. So you can't say that. No, nah, that's not what's really. The, what school do you at? What school do you at? Coral Rice, over by FedEx Field. Oh yeah, you're right down the street. Yeah, that's. I, I crip walk in every day. You know what? <laughs> that's what you about to do on Friday. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, that's what you get. You was teasing me earlier about working on Fridays. So why why is y'all first day on a Friday though? Why why they do that? Uh new teachers go back three days before everybody else. Okay. So their days would have been what? Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So yeah. they're I mean, actually still, still kind of weird, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Come in wait, one day. You and then... a new teacher. I ain't at, I ain't at work. That's oh, they already went back. They're already well, they're doing a virtual thing, but yeah. Hmm. Like some school for the new teachers and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, y'all depressing me. Where are we? <laughs> Go ahead. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, so you've told us, so James, you've told us a lot about, um, you've told, you've introduced yourself. You told us about your business. So actually you've answered a lot of the questions okay. without actually getting them asked. So what is, um, what is success to you? Success to me. Success is doing what you want to do, what you love to do unapologetically. Um, I often feel like people are chasing the wrong thing. Even at work, for example, you know, I say I do multimedia production. And when the promotion cycles come around, a lot of people are discouraged because they may not have gotten promoted. They were overlooked. But I never get discouraged because I literally love what I do every day. So for me, it's not even about the paycheck. It's about just doing what I love, enjoying what I love, because it never feels like work. Um, anything that happens outside of that is, is extra. It's a bonus. If I get a bonus or if I do get a raise, it's like, cool. But not too many people can go to school for what they love to do, find a career field, what they love to do, and be successful with what they love to do. So for me, that's what success is, just living in your passion every day. And for me, that's what I feel like makes me successful because that's what I do. And I embrace every bit of it. Amazing. One question I um, have asked during this series is the difference or your, your, your feeling of the difference between being great versus being successful. I, um, hmm. As I've said before, I actually did an interview for someone or I was interviewing someone for a um, position for a job. And the question she asked me was, what do you do you feel like there's a difference between being successful and just being and being great? And if so, what's the difference? Or do you think it that it's the same? I was like, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> it took me a while. That's but a good question. Yeah. It's an amazing um, question. I was like, oh, I'm about to use it. <laughs> successful versus great. Mm-hmm. My first thing that comes to mind is this perspective. Because greatness is measured by if you're talking about personal greatness, it's measured by how well you feel you've accomplished something. 
And success kind of is the same thing because somebody else might look at your road, your journey and say you're not successful. But who are they to judge where you are if it's successful to you? You know what I mean? I run into that a lot, actually, because transitioning from being an investigator and an analyst going into multimedia to somebody on the outside, they may look like, oh, you had a really serious job and now you your job isn't as serious. So they may value it less, but I value it more because it's what I want to do. So it's, to me, it's perspective. Um, I think that being great and being successful are synonymous. That's my answer. I'm going to stick with that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. I like it. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. We okay. about to go with the, with the, as a Black man one? Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> as, as a, a person of color, I'm not going to say Black man because you ain't Black. Oh. Your shirt's Black. <laughs> I'm a black man. I'm a black man. <laughs> as a black man, how important is it for you to be successful, or how is it, how important is it to be successful? Period. As a black man, it's extremely successful. I think that not. I think I know. As a black man in America, we're faced with a lot of different issues, um, circumstances, and the odds are against us. You know, the odds are against us. So. Um, to add a little bit more background about myself, I always like to tell people, even when I speak to young men, is that being successful, being great, and being a Black man that has a purpose is important. And it's a choice, right? So I grew up to my parents who were both drug addicts. So that's why I live with my mom and my grandmother, my grandfather, um, and kind of switched back and forth between custody battles and things like that up until about fifth grade. Um I'm also very transparent with the fact that I have three daughters with three different women. Um, the My youngest of my current wife, and I'm not on child support. I don't have baby mama drama, none of that. So to me, that's a choice, right? But if you look at my resume as a person, you wouldn't think I would be where I am today. But I literally made sure that I kept pushing through. I kept persevering any obstacle that came my way I chose to push through. It was a choice. I could have sat back and sulked in it or made excuses or, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the white man set up this. Like, I don't, I personally don't fall under that stigmatism. So every day I wake up with the mentality of get it done by any means necessary. Um, even if you look, I guess, over here to, I have Kobe painted on my wall in my man cave because Kobe's mentality is, is just the mamba mentality, the killer instinct. Like if I smell it and I sniff it and I want it, I'm going to get it, period. Um, failure is not an option, especially because I have three young women looking up to me and I want them to see a strong black man in their life. And for me, that's my biggest success in my life is being a father. Um, I take it seriously. I challenge other men to take it seriously, uh, whether it's friends or even just men asking for advice. I'm challenging them all the time. Hey, do better, be better, you know, um, not to go off on a tangent, but it's like, you don't have to make all the money in the world. Kids don't see money, they see time. They wanna see your presence, they wanna see your energy. So think of ways to go outside and play. Think of just different things you can do. Um, so being a black man is an amazing thing because you have the opportunity to prove people wrong every day. And I work in a predominantly white office. I am the only black man. My supervisor is uh, Puerto Rican, but I don't feel, I don't feel judged. I don't feel the racism or things like that. So I'm blessed in that regard 
but they have made comments before of like, wow, you know, we see things on TV about black people, but you don't portray that. Um, and even when I was, funny story, when I was in Rhode Island freshman year, my uncle was driving me up to Rhode Island and he went to Frostburg State University maybe 20 years prior to when I was going to school as a freshman. And he said that he um, was the only black guy in his dorm or something like that, right? And I'm like, okay, well, it's, you know, 2001, 2002. I won't experience that. Well, when I got up to Rhode Island, um, things didn't work out. I was dealing with some issues personal. So I decided to come home early when I transferred to Morgan. And this white guy named Mike, he was a baseball player. He was a freshman as well. He cried when I left and he hugged me and he embraced me. And I'm like, what are you crying for? Like, get off of me, first of all. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, why are you here? Why are you hugging me? Uh, but he was like, you know, I'm really going to miss you. And you changed my perspective on black people. So I'm like, well, what was your perspective? He said, well, you're not like the ones I've seen on TV. And I said, well, what about the ones in your school or the ones in, that you grew up with? He said, James, I've never seen a black man in real life. You are the first black person I've ever seen in real life. And wow. that, I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? You know, and he, he explained, he grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. He said he lived on a the farm. They had like one traffic light. All the kids in the school was, was white. So the only thing he saw on TV was like, you know, stuff like Martin, uh, Fresh Prince, any other kind of black movie. So that that's all he had in his head. And he was like, you're so calm and you're cool and you're well-spoken. I'm like, and at first I was offended by it, but I tried to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And once he explained himself, it was like, wow, like, okay. So as a black man, you still have the opportunity to show people something different. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you look at me, I got tats everywhere. I used to have long hair. And so the perception was, oh, he's a thug. He's a hoodlum. He's this and that. And it's like, once you, if you get to know me, like take the time to know me, have a conversation with me, you'll know I, that's not my life. I'm not about that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I don't feel like I have to portray that as a black man. Like, I feel like sometimes we feel like we got to be tough and walk around with our chest out and this and that. And in certain circumstances you do, but it's not how I like to carry myself at all times. Now, if I need, if I need to, right. sure, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, I, I present myself based on the environment. And I think as a black man, it's also important to be a chameleon. You have to be able to adapt. So if I go, let's say, to your school to talk to the youth, you know, I can walk in there with a, a jersey and some tattoos and, and talk how they talk because then I can relate to them. Right. But in the same breath, if I have to go later to a job interview, I can put on my three piece suit that's tailored, you know, brush my hair, do my curl sponge and speak and corporate America talk if I need to. So having that versatility is powerful. And I think sometimes we teach our youth the wrong thing about, you know, they should be a certain way, but I think they should still embrace being themselves, but also understand the power and being able to adapt to their environment. I definitely cool. agree to that. That's, yeah, that's really good. Do you think as, um, I'll say a multimedia specialist, you're not just a photographer, you're not just a videographer, you do <laughs> an array of things. Do you yeah. think within that field, I know you talked about your 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 full-time, full-time job, but mm -hmm. do you think in a field of multimedia, um, it's harder for you as a as a black man, or it's pretty much the same? I think it's it can be. It can be. Um, but also people have this, this notion that, you know, black people don't like to spend money. Okay. So a lot of times 
in the industry, even within our communities, the thought is white clients will pay more, right? And while that may be true in some aspects, I think black businesses, entrepreneurs have to do better at being business people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get too comfortable with you know, doing business with our cousins and our brothers and everybody's bro and sis and the hookups. And I learned that, I learned that about two years ago, right? I have I had a friend, I had some friends who I did photography for for years. I never charged them because it was the relationship. And then something happened in my business and I said, going forward, I'm charging everybody their normal rate. When I charged them my rate, they were appalled. And it, oh, you're so expensive. I can't believe this. And I said, you've went five years without paying for not one shoot. And the one time I give you a price, you have a problem with it. I said, cool. I just can't do your photos this time. So they decided to take their business somewhere else. No problem. They got the pictures back. They hated them. They came back to me like, hey, can we now hire you? My price has gone up. Mm-hmm. My price has gone up, right? So I say that to say, being in that position, like you have the power to dictate how your business operates. It can be as good as you want it to be, or it can be as bad as you want it to be. But to answer your question about being black, I don't think that that changes the trajectory of my business because there are a lot of black clientele. Now, what I do try to do though, I I do like to diversify my portfolio. Um, So again, the the white people that I do work with, they were like family to me. Like I I view them as family because of how they treat me. Mm -hmm. So they've called me out before my buddy, my one buddy at work, he said, James, you don't have any white people on your website. So white people might not think you want to photograph them. I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. I said, so if you see that and you see it's a problem and I do, so what are you going to do about it? He said, I got you. So he literally went to everybody in the office and said, we're going to support James and we're going to get on his website and we're going to let him photograph us and we're going to pay him to do it. So now I do all the photography for the people in my office. And, you know, so now my, my portfolio is diversified. So when I do go to, whether it be a school, corporate, or even somebody personal, it doesn't look like I'm one dimensional. Mm. Um, because quite frankly, photographing black people, and white people are two totally different ball games. The lighting is different. The mannerisms are different. There's a lot of different things that you have to be in tune with. There are things that I can say to black clientele that white clientele may or may not understand and vice versa. Mm. Um, so again, it goes back to that being a chameleon and being able to adapt uh, based on the environment. But I don't think that I have any shortage being a black man in the business. Um, and I, I'm a straight shooter. I don't really play the political games. Either you want to work with me or you don't. Um, and that's fine because for every person that doesn't want to work with me, there's somebody who does. So I'll take my energy to the good energy where people want to work with me. Exactly. I, w- I was about to say, oh, sorry. You got to ask me a question. I was about to say, yeah, say go ahead. Oh, huh? what I was going to say, to, was yours a question? Yeah, but it kind of went to the, um, oh, the two different uh, black and white. Oh, I was going to say just to the point of charging friends and family. I tell people all the time, like it's no, if you own a business, Mm-hmm. if they're really your friends, if they're really your family, if they are really there to support you, they should be able to support your charge. Because you, you're not, like, that's not supporting you if I'm looking for a friends or family discount. Like, that's, you're, you're not right. supporting me. I could Now, if right. I'm just starting out and I need to build myself up, then okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. But 
for the most part, you're not you're not being supportive of that person if every time you go to them is, oh, can you can you do my pictures for free or can you can you do this video shoot for me for free? Like that's right. That's that's just not it. And I think at this point in this in the in the area that we're in in life with you know um, Black Lives Matter and all of that stuff, it's mm-hmm. People are understanding it a lot more and it's because we're now voicing it versus before no one was really voicing that. And now it's like, you know, if we see somebody and they're like, oh, I want to go to James, but is he too expensive? It's like his price is his price. And that's just, you know, as an example, but (laughs) that's the support. It's like I can direct you to anybody. I can direct you. But it's all about who you want. It's all about what the product is. But you have to be willing to pay for that product. Definitely. I think we're definitely getting to hopefully <laughs> we're definitely getting as a as a community of mm. African Americans, Gina. <laughs> we're getting to that point where we can, you know, be very supportive and understand that you're gonna go pay white Joe seven hundred dollars for some pictures, but when James say five hundred, you're like, Oh, he's supposed to be my bro. That's supposed to you right. that's not even a discount. No. Right. Yeah, that's right. more that that that's what the price is. You pay it or you take your pictures on yeah. your iPhone. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. And I even tell people now it's what you're paying for is insurance. Mm-hmm. And when they're like, what do you mean insurance? You're paying for my expertise that I can walk into any situation and execute my photography or video with the equipment that I've invested in, the time I've invested in, the education I've invested in, or you cannot, and then <laughs> you get what you get. Right. Um you know, and even to go back to the original question of, you know, being a black photographer is I, I like to tell people that they're paying for me as a person. Um, you're paying for my experience. You're paying for how I treat you. You're paying for the vibe that we have. You're paying for uh, the customer service. And yeah. I truly believe that although I provide a great product, I have some clients that I've been working with for years. If I provided them with a trashy product, they'll still love it because they love me because mm-hmm. we built that relationship. Um, obviously I would never do that, but people buy into what they gravitate towards and what they feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So the more you yeah. can make someone feel comfortable about your product and about you as a person selling the product, they'll support you, the individual. Um, and I think that goes a long way. And you're not going to go like me and G not going to go to our nail tech and be like, girl, why are you charging all of this? It, I'm going to pay for it because I like <laughs> your, I like it and I want to get my nails in my head. Exactly. I ain't right. going to be like, oh, no. Come on now, Shakita. Yeah, yeah, right. that ain't my nail tech thing. <laughs> I, I and we don't lie. go into the Asian salons and do that. We don't question the prices. Sure, unless yeah. the price they quote, unless the price they tell you at the end is not on that board, but still. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't up there. I don't, I don't see that. I don't even look at the board no more. I just know, you, you kind of know Have this is idea. how much it costs to be pampered. This is how much yeah. it costs for this yeah. additional whatever you're getting because this is not like getting your nails in your head and is it is an is not a necessity. So right. you know that so, getting this done, it call, you're gonna spend a hundred something dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I yeah. I've I've done like now I go what did bother me and it what bothers me, and it's not because of uh, it's because of us as a, per, as a as a black people, as black people, mm-hmm. when when black people have their businesses, they're the only people who make you do a deposit. It 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 doesn't bother me now, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. But as time went on, so many people, every time I would go, oh, it's a twenty dollar deposit. 
my other deposit. But once I built that um, that rapport with them, I didn't have the deposit anymore. But I was like, I, I didn't have to do that when I went to um, Su Ying at the mm-hmm. nail shop. I didn't have to do that when I went over here at the different nail shop. But they they kept saying people are canceling. They don't show up. Mm-hmm. It's us. It's yeah. we're we're doing, and it sucks. So like yeah. now I go get my nails done. It's this. It's my nail tech. I don't have to give her a deposit, but as soon as I go in, she knows this is what I'm paying her. Do whatever you want to do with it. Like, don't go past that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I gave you. So if I give you fifty dollars, you do fifty dollars worth of work, and then let me go yeah. out the door. Right. But that just, I, I just don't. I us as a people, we we ruin we ruin our own community. We yeah, are we like, we, we 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 you know we yell and shout and protest you know black lives matter support black businesses but when it's mm-hmm. time to actually support a black business we're really not like we're making it harder for that business owner than yeah. anything else like you go in a beauty supply store and it's black owned and it's oh yeah i went to the blah 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 you hyping it up on social media but you go in there oh my gosh why is this track piece called cost this much is it heifer then go to damn amazon heifer <laughs> It irritates Amazon. me. I need to run in there like, then get out. Like, yeah, you're not irritating. supporting them because yeah. you don't know what it takes to why the costs are like they are. And mm-hmm. for Black, for African-American business owners, it's harder when it comes down to the financial industry and getting loans and things like that. So yes, yeah, sure. you may pay more because they have to pay more. Mm-hmm. So it that's, that's what it is. And you're gonna go out there hoop and holler, you better go talk to JP Morgan about why <laughs> why they wouldn't why give her loans. And, right. Because yeah. they wouldn't, you know, so it, it, it's harder. But the flip side to that also is as business owners, we can make it hard for our customers too, because we have that mentality that they're gonna our our people are gonna F us over. Our people yeah. aren't gonna do right by us. So automatically we're on guard and don't want yeah you know, to do this or do that or offer that because we just feel like they're going, as, as a bit, you have to treat everybody the same. Everybody Absolutely. has to be treated to what you say. You have to be versatile. You have to be able to yes. give the same customer service to Susie as you're mm-hmm. going to give to Pedro and Maria and then Shaniqua. Like all of yes. them should get the same amount of customer service or the same type of customer service, no matter what. Yeah. You know, something else I started doing was um that whole, the customer's always right. And I don't nope. agree with that. Yeah, I don't agree. Ain't always so, right because Shaniqua gonna act a whole hot mess. <laughs> One thing that I started implementing in my business was people would come late, and if I have back-to-back sessions and somebody's late, it's like you're throwing off the next person, the next yeah. person, the next person, right? And that's a pet peeve of mine. So what I started telling people was, I now have to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. So in my emails, I changed the verbiage to or from your shooters at 11 a.m to your time slot is 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. So that way you know what your slide is. So if you show up at 12 o'clock, you know you Got have 30, 30 minutes, minutes to yep. do whatever we can do. You better hurry you up know. and be. Uh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. And hope um, I catch what I catch. <laughs> but, but the sad part about that is, even in those experiences, people will still bash you as if you were the one that were wrong. Like you were late, but yeah. you're going to bash my business yeah. because you only had 30 minutes to photograph, you know? Yeah. So it sucks, but that's, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. And I mean, we, 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 as color folks, we ain't never on time for nothing. 
Yeah, it don't matter how hard we try. And I, I definitely say like I was always one that time you can't give back time. So mm-hmm. being on time was very important. However, yeah. I don't learned very, that now. I well, I learned as I became a parent <laughs> that time is not on your side. It's yeah. on your kids' side. Yeah. <laughs> and it is what it is. And I it took me a while, honestly, to like get that thought process in my mind because mm-hmm. it, it, it would literally bother me that I'm late and then if someone else is making me late then I'm pissed like I, I, I'm i irritated I'm angry yeah, yeah. I made her late <laughs> but we weren't really well we was on time on time because everybody else showed up 30 minutes right. but anyway <laughs> so we was on time right. uh, but just you know overall like it it yeah. used to bother me and then as you know once I had Morgan it was just like look it it's going to be what it's going to be, but you still mm-hmm. like have to respect the time. So if I'm coming to James and he says, your time slot is 11 a.m., Daryl Walston, we have to be out the house <laughs> at 10 o'clock. I don't even tell him the time. I give him a whole yeah. other time. Yeah. That yeah. way it's not a slow move because you you know each other and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it definitely, I think, is a, commu- is a Black community issue. Like, we, we yeah. definitely are. Yeah. States. We still, we, we live that BP time. Like, it's Mm-hmm. It's in our minds. It's ingrained. Yeah. Our parents taught us that. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. Okay. So so I have a question. Okay. So you you you're you're at a at, at a point where you're taking um, photos for black people, photos for white people. What is something that is like drastically different from us and them? Because Aside from the lighting, that, right? Because <laughs> <from the> <laughs> you said that. I mean, of course, we all know that we're 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 different, mm-hmm. but the same way the guy that you went to school with, he had no clue. Y'all see that flame? Yeah. I'm sorry. He had <laughs> no clue. <laughs> it bother me. I'm sorry. That wants to get I know. I'm sorry. Um, so, <laughs> so he so you said that because he had no idea other than what he sees on TV, right? And of course, you know, we live in an area where we do come across white people. However, mm-hmm. we, we've we never been in a position where we're taking photo, we're doing something like different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So what what's something that was drastically different from a black person and a white person? Um, that doesn't sound, I'm not trying to be. Or, or a black person and another race. Yeah, another race. Other race, yeah, other race. Depending on the white family or the white client, like let's say, let's use the wedding, for example, right? Um, and, and it may just be because of society and where we are now with everything going on. But I feel like sometimes when I go around white clients, they're so busy trying to prove they're not racist. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I notice it. And so for me, again, giving people the benefit of the doubt is like, while I appreciate that, it's kind of overkill because now you're making it awkward. Yeah. You know, um, and so that's that's the that's the biggest thing. Um, but in the same breath, especially at like receptions or even when you're like photographing a family in intimate moments, they will try their best to make you feel welcome, uh, to make you feel like because a lot of times I may be the only black person there. Or there may be one or two black guests, but it's still a thing of like, hey, you know, 
I'm like, I had one wedding where the young lady kept calling me, hey, photographer, hey, photographer, hey, photographer. And while I don't think she was trying to be rude, I coincidentally did not hear her, right? I ignored her, is what I was doing. But I heard the bridesmaid say, his name is James, call him by his name. And I appreciated that because she acknowledged and she saw what was going on. Um, and the lady was like, oh, I really apologize. I didn't know his name. I was just trying to get his attention. Sure, whatever, that's fine. But um, in those moments, I just noticed that sometimes they will try to go above and beyond and make you feel comfortable. Now, a Black family, they don't feel the need to do that because obviously I relate. So they don't they don't have to. Um, but I've had white clients who pay early. I've had Black clients who pay early. I've had white clients who pay late. I have had black clients who pay late. So the similarities, the differences are really not far apart. Um, they're really not. So the, yeah, they're not too far apart. It's just depending on who you, you know, who you're working with at the moment. So what's your favorite thing to photograph? Like, do you, would you prefer weddings or just like family? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to add to that. I was thinking the same thing that you was thinking. In addition to what's your favorite? Who has been, or what has been, who has been your favorite? Like a family, a part, like add to oh, okay. it. Like my best shoot, you mean? My favorite shoot? Okay. So right now, my favorite thing to photograph is headshots. Um, so if you see here, this is, I had a, a procedure yesterday, so that's why I couldn't make it yesterday. And um, oh, two years shit, ago, I thought that was his caller. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I had I had to proceed just a little bandage. Um, but two years ago, the day before my birthday, me and the same white coworker who I told you is like my brother at work. He invited me to go play basketball um, the day before my birthday, and I tore my Achilles. Um, I tore my Achilles, had to have surgery, and the process of that uh, caught a blood clot in my calf. So they had to go through my neck to put an IVC filter in my stomach to make sure the blood clot didn't travel to my lungs and my heart during the uh, surgery. Wow. Um, so fast forward, COVID happened. When I was supposed to get the filter removed, I couldn't get it done. So I finally got an appointment yesterday. No, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday they, is when they did it. Um, so that's why I have this here. Now, the reason why I brought that up is because 2019 is when I started doing headshots. When I tore my Achilles, I was borderline depressed. Um, I couldn't do anything. My, my right, it was my right foot. I couldn't drive, couldn't walk, couldn't put pressure on it. You know, and being a former athlete, that was mentally draining. I couldn't do things with my girls. I was, I was in a lot of ways helpless. And I was trying to think of ways like, how can I still do photography and video? That summer alone, I missed out on $22,000 because I couldn't shoot the weddings. And I literally had to hire teams for four weddings and all my other shoots, and I just couldn't do it. So I started following this headshot photographer in New York. His name is Peter Hurley, a white guy in New York, great guy, awesome guy. Um, and I just started getting motivated about headshots because his thing was, you can do them anywhere. So I'm like, huh, if I can hobble around the house on one leg, I can set up a backdrop. I can get my daughter to help me with the lights. And I can just have people come over my house and be headshots in my living room. So that's what I did. And from there, I was like, oh, this is cool because it's one-on-one. You really get to know people, get to know about what they're doing, kind of get to talk to them about their businesses. And you can network beyond what you could in more of like a network setting, really, um, because you get to build that rapport. 
So I did a few headshots in my living room. Um, and then it just took off. I started posting and people would just hit me up left and right. Can I get a headshot? Can I get a headshot? And then that's how it segued into doing the schools at a larger scale, because I felt confident that I could walk into a room, do 50, 60 headshots in two or three hours and go home and make a good amount of money. So it was like, I could work eight hours at a wedding day and make three grand, or I could work three hours at a school doing headshots for a staff and make five grand. It's kind of a no brainer. I'm gonna work less, make more and walk away. So for me, headshots is the best thing to photograph. Plus a lot of people don't have good headshots. A lot of people do not have it. And a headshot is the first thing that people see when they see you, whether it be on a Zoom call or Gchat or even Facebook. Um, that headshot can say a lot about you. And if you have a cheap looking headshot, it kind of goes to show that you, you aren't investing in yourself. It's not important for you to put your best foot forward, if you will. Um, that's one perception. Or the other perception is you just don't know where to find a good headshot photographer. Um, so a lot of people have been finding me on Instagram, uh, word of mouth, but it's, it's literally just been taken off. And to go back to my favorite thing to photograph, my favorite shoot. Ah, that's a tough one. How about say Christmas photos? (laughs) (laughs) Christmas photos with the kids be so cute. They let them jump on the bed and everything. Yeah, and, and I like that because kids can be themselves, right? The, the only thing with the Christmas photos, and this is kind of where I lacked in my business, was I didn't plan it because it was so it was so much other stuff going on. Like the business side of, of my personal business didn't really get good until last year. Before that, I was kind of just winging it. It was like, all right, you text me, we're going to schedule a shoot. Cool. And then in the calendar, I'd be like, oh, I got a shoot today? Okay. Like I never missed a shoot but it could have been tighter. It could have been better. Uh, The correspondence could have been more efficient. And so I made sure this past year that I did that because of COVID, I had nothing but time, didn't do any shoots. So I was like, let me tighten this stuff up. So now the user experience can be even better. They can go through the website and book. They don't have to talk to me directly. They can see my schedule, my calendar. Um, But as far as my favorite thing to shoot, I would say... I, for my job, I, um, no, I'll talk, I'll, I won't talk about that. Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Why he's thinking y'all ever seen blackish. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, Blackish uh, is racist thing on show, but okay. you are absolutely correct. Um, Dion, <laughs> uh, uh, Dion, the, the black dude with the, the other black dude on it, uh-huh. when he, when he's listening, he's like this. So James, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for my close up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So two things. One, one of the favorite things I ever shot was actually Kobe. So when I was um uh, 25. I was about to say NBA or NFL. Yeah, but see, this was a fluke. So mm-hmm. at the, the girl I was dating at the time, she surprised me. She was like, we're going to, she was from New York. So she was like, you know, we're going to go for a ride to New York and, you know, your birthday gift or whatever. I'm like, All right, cool. So we're driving up 95 and I noticed we took a detour in Philly. I'm like, why are we stopping in Philly? I'm like, this, whatever, like I'm down, whatever, you know? So then I noticed she pulled into the Philly stadium. I mean, Philly, you know, basketball arena. I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to a game, but maybe she's taking me to go see Iverson. And then we walked in and I saw Iverson versus Kobe, like a, a, a sign. And I was like, 
yo, are you are you serious? Like, like Kobe's playing tonight? Went inside, we had core side seats. Wow. Core side seats. And I had just got my new camera. Like this, this was like the first time I ever bought. Actually, no. No, I had I had it before. But anyway, core side seats. So I mean, Kobe's like, I could have I could have hit him if I wanted to. So you. photographed Thanks. him. Well, you didn't. Huh? <laughs> Thankfully you didn't. Actually, I probably should have because if he hit me back, I probably could have got a nice lawsuit. I might be in a <laughs> situation, you know. But um, no, it, it was cool. It was cool to be able to see him play against Iverson, get some photos. Some were great, some were trash because I didn't know what I was doing. But overall, it was a good experience. Um, as far as for actual gig, I'll say my favorite shoot was uh, 2014, September 2014. Uh, my best friend. He he's a hype man. That's what he does. You might know him. He went to Bowie, uh, Avon Jackson. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Avon's one of my best friends. Avon um, played football. He did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I about yeah. said, do you might you might know him if you see him. They might have called yeah. him. No, they call we call him Avon. He yeah. got a real big head, like real big head, like that. That's everybody knows. Great way to great yeah, way that, to represent. Listen, him. That, that's everybody knows. Well, right. G G's husband played football for Bowie, so he probably okay. he, he he knows him because he, he's he, not he, he know he is. Yeah. But hold up, he talking about I year. He really showed his age, like he was a whole adult talking about some Iverson. Sir, how the <laughs> Iverson? It was late. Iverson late in his career. He was about to retire. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was about to retire. Um, that when you was having him on your wall, Jamie. Iverson was never <laughs> on my wall. Trust. <laughs> but we um, so Avon's a hype man, right? So his cousin was getting married in California, and. He told his cousin, like, oh, my, bo- my boy do photography. He can come do your wedding in California. And I'm like, bro, I don't even do weddings. I've never done a wedding before. Like, what are you talking about? He was like, no, nah, you're going to get this wedding. I'm like, all right. So his wife, the, the, his cousin's fiance at the time, she looked at my website and she was like, I want to book you. I want to hire you. I'm like, to come to California? She was like, yeah. I was like, you're going to fly me to San Diego to do your wedding. She was like, yeah. I was like, why? She said, and that's what she said. So going back to the black, the black versus white thing, she said, there are not a lot of photographers in San Diego that know how to photograph black people. She said, when I look at your colors on your website, I like what I see. I said, cool. So she paid for my flight, my hotel, all my food while I was out there. And then she was like, stay an extra few days and enjoy it. So I went to San Diego for, I think it was like five days, four or five days. The best wedding experience that I had and that's really what took my business to a whole nother level um I can I share my screen mm-hmm. let me show you something uh it's disabled I was gonna say he probably can't he probably didn't <laughs> my bad so like, mm-hmm. no because <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> Zoom I said no don't. um all right we'll keep talking I'll try to figure it out oh, all right so <laughs> But yeah, that that um, oh I'm gonna try to go to my wedding gallery to oh, see if it's in there. All um, right, see if you can do it now. Hold on, let me make sure I can find the photo that I'm referring to because I took this photo. Yeah, here it is. All right, let's see. She ain't never had nobody ask to share screens. No, it's 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 so, selected. It was on one participant can share at a time, but nobody's sharing. So I don't know. So then that that's weird. Yeah. It says who so can share all participants. Oh, maybe because you're recording. Yeah. Well, maybe still so. 
It still shouldn't. I don't know. It's saying. It's oh, still I guess not going. Hold on. It's trying to. Hold on. Oh, it's not giving me. I know it's wrong. I got I got all these security features. <laughs> okay, Mr. Homeland Security. Why? Why? Yeah. Do, do I fill my glass up just for you? <laughs> so, Sunday, you didn't have anything. So, I drank your half. Now I'm on mine. What you mean I didn't have anything? You over there drinking Aquafina. That's because I didn't have time to set up. And then, look, yeah. I said that's, that why, that's yes. why I did it for you. Look, I looked over like, do I have any screw tops? But I don't. <laughs> Can y'all see this? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So this young lady right here, this is the California wedding. Oh. Right. But oh, that's dope. Where is the shot? Hold on. I'm trying to go to the shot. This is the shot that took my career to a whole nother level. Um, oh, people nice. saw this photograph and I literally just started booking the weddings like crazy. Um, right. But and I, I had to explain to people. I'm like, this is California. This is not in Maryland. So don't think you're going to get the sunset. <laughs> like, unless you want to that, that Sandy Point. Photo. <laughs> right. Unless you wanted that Sandy Point or Ocean City. Exactly. I saw Ocean City before I take Sandy Point. Good <laughs> Um, So, yeah. So that was definitely my. And so the cool thing about. How do I stop sharing? There you go. So the cool thing about that California shoot was that once I did her wedding, Every year since then, she's flown me back out there for family photos. Oh, that's um, nice. Anytime her kids have something. So what she'll do is she'll let all her friends know, hey, my photographer's coming to San Diego. Get on his calendar. He'll be here for these days. Yeah, because so you, know you know us Black people, we love to have our own stuff, right? <laughs> right. We love to be like my photographer, yep. my, 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 yep. my nanny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what she does. And it's, it's, it's awesome. So we built a friend. I mean, now I'm at the point where I go out there. I stay at their house so I can save money in a hotel. Oh, um, right. And so it's just been a great experience. I'm dead kids. I call me Uncle James. And I've actually been to visit them more than Avon has been to visit them since the wedding. Lord. And he's like, man, that's your that's family now. Like. <laughs> you know, took my family. <laughs> sorry, no, so, sorry. So, right. so who or yeah, I'm gonna say who. Uh -huh. Who would be your ultimate person or family or what have you to photograph that you haven't? Whether it whether it is someone dead or alive, whether it is someone famous or not, like who I, I would assume it'd be a famous person. John Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, his family. Amazing. Yeah, Kobe Bryant is family. Just from the standpoint of simply being a girl dad. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Being a girl dad and then just hearing. So I've been a Kobe fan since Kobe was in high school. Wow. Um, my stepdad and I, we used to go to different high schools and basketball tournaments and things like that. So I knew about Kobe way before he got into the league. And the biggest thing that I used to defend Kobe with people was like, oh, why did he go straight to the league? You know, he needs to go to college and, you know, he's losing out on education and this and that. And the one thing I always admired about Kobe was just how smart he was. You know, Kobe spoke five languages. His SAT scores were amazing. So he could have went to college, but he had already surpassed that educationally. Like he was smart as I don't know what, you know. And so for that, I was like, this dude is different. Um, and then his his what some people thought was cockiness I thought it was confidence his arrogance like he he knew he was good but he also put in the work mm -hmm. um you know when people would always say to him you know why do you want to be like Jordan and his response was who wouldn't want to be like the best 
if I want to be like the best, I have to do what the best does. Mm. And, and it just makes sense. So when I watch him and, and, and I'll never forget, I was in my studio doing a photo shoot when he, you know, when he passed away. And Avon, same buddy, Avon knows I'm a diehard Kobe fan. Avon called me and I was in the middle of the shoot and he said, did you hear what happened to Kobe? And I'm like, no, like I'm in the middle of a shoot, but I'll call you back. Not thinking it was what it was going to be, but he was like, man, Kobe, Kobe died today. Now, Avon's dog name is Kobe. So I said, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. Like, but I'm in a shoot. I'll call you back. Like, if you need something, let me know. And he's like, fool. I don't think you understand. Kobe Bryant just died. I'm not talking about the dog. (laughs) I told my client, I was like, I can't finish the shoot. Like I was in tears. I was in, because you you think about our era, at least my era of people. Like some people are Jordan fans. Some people are Kobe fans. Some people are LeBron fans. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you kind of relate to who was the best in that era. In your area. So, yeah, Gina, you was a Jordan fan, right? Or you was... <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was Scotty. <laughs> oh, wait. Say Dr. J? Who's you a Dr. J fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was Kobe. You was Kobe? All right. I was like, yeah, so, you know, just, just feel it. It felt like I lost a big brother. Like, that's what it felt like. And just, you know, and I literally spent that entire week. I went to work and I told my supervisor, like, I just need you to understand. I'm not going mentally. I'm not there because it's one thing to lose a legend, a basketball legend. But I'm just thinking about this man. How do you look your daughter in the face and tell her everything is going to be OK when you know everything is not about to be OK? Yeah. You know, so. That relationship with my girls, and they knew, my girls even knew, you know, I was a Kobe fan. So when they found out, they were like, oh, wow. But I'm like, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. So if I could meet or talk to anybody, photograph anybody, it would definitely be their family. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. I think that might have been a lot of people's thoughts. Like, how do you turn to your child? Yeah. As y'all are in and you know what's about to happen, and you just be right. like, right. we'll be okay. Yeah. You can. Yeah. yeah. And the only, again, always trying to find the positive and the negative is that if I die, I would want to die protecting my daughter. Yeah. If, if I got to go out there, that's okay. You know, I died protecting with my arms around her, you know, or any of them uh, for that matter, but yeah. So again, that's why I got them painted on my wall in my house because I'm like, that's 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 constant motivation. Whatever I think about quitting or giving up is just. So I actually got him and I got Chadwick. Got the both of them. Oh yeah, that's my man. Oh yeah. You know, so that's that's my motivation. So uh-huh. two strong black men, powerful black men who you know, made a difference. Gone too soon. Absolutely. So, so what has um, or not what it has. I was about to say, what is the name of it? What was I going to? I was about to start some inspiration, but let's skip that. Um, <laughs> but I, that's why. Then I was going, going with goals. goals. I was trying to go to both, but then I'm looking. I'm like, what, what was my question? Okay. <laughs> what was you going? Biggest inspiration? Yeah, but I, but after the conversation, I'm. He already. Yeah, that's why I was like, he already did, said it, so yeah. I already was there. Threw me off. But so if you if you had someone a mentee or what have you or you have some young guys or girls that are Mm. looking to grow into being in multimedia or you know I want to be a photographer I want to be a videographer um 
I can say I've been one that's been a, a Jill of all trades. I actually, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a photographer. Um, I have cameras. I just don't use them. <laughs> I did. I have, I got cameras. I actually, I was looking in my jewelry box the other day and I don't, I don't know. I just looked in it. I don't use it. It's just stuff. You in found film. No, I have. So I was gifted years back, years back. I was gifted a Swarovski camera. Huh? It was, it was a gift. It's a, it's a camera, but it's made of, really? it was from Swarovski. It's, it's all Swarovski crystals. It's gold plated. It's I, I have I'm gonna send a picture to both of y'all when we when we finish. Okay. It's, it's, and I didn't know what to do with it. So I initially put it on like a necklace, way too heavy for that life. So I just yeah. it's just been sitting. I was like, yeah. oh, whole rapper now. And it was right. supposed to, it was like, you know, this should be your inspiration. You want to do this, you oh. have all this stuff, you've invested okay. in all this stuff. Everybody's like, I went through a whole like phase in high school where it was like I'm going to be a photographer I want to do this I want to do that I took the photography classes in high school I took them you know during college I Mm -hmm. could and I just I I was just that person that I I got a degree in for nothing (laughs) because I ain't doing nothing with this damn degree I got a whole (laughs) master's degree in economics and I ain't doing not a damn thing can't help nobody I'm so sorry. No, what I, I don't I don't even remember what I learned. So but yeah, so what so if you had that young person um that you see that's in a community, what would you tell them? What would your what would your advice be to that young that young gentleman or that young lady that's looking to get into being into multimedia or what have you? Mm-hmm. I would say a few things. Number one, um Go as far as you want to go. Don't let anyone dictate how far you can go. Um, push through, persevere. Don't ever quit. Um, but in terms of learning the craft, I have when I, when people come to me, learn your gear. Learn your gear. Learn your gear. So many times, people come into the business seeing the end product, and they think that, oh, it's just what everybody always says. Oh, that's a great picture. You have a nice camera. Okay, well, here, take my camera and you take the same picture and see how it works, right? But you can't because you don't know the settings. You don't know the lighting. You don't understand. Like, so I always challenge people, know your, <laughs> know your no gear. Idea. <laughs> I have no um, idea. no <laughs> idea. So when I talk about that insurance for people, it's like I can literally walk into a room, assess the room, and know what settings I'm gonna use and start shooting. Take one or two test shots, I'm ready to go. Um, And then if something breaks, falls, something's thrown off, anything, you have to be able to act quickly Mm -hmm. because a bride doesn't wanna hear, I'm sorry. A groom doesn't wanna hear you tell his bride, I'm sorry. So by knowing your gear, you can work in any conditions, any environment, um, and I would also tell them, don't back down from opportunities. You never know what opportunity will change your career mm-hmm. in a positive way. So, you know, a lot of people run from opportunities. That's why I say this is the first time I'm speaking on a platform like this, because I would run from those opportunities. But over time, I started realizing I actually have something to say. 
So why not say it? If it can help one person, that's all that matters. You know, and I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to pronounce every word properly or say everything the mm-hmm. right way. But if somebody can get at least one nugget from what I say, then it's helpful. Yeah. Um, but definitely follow your passion, learn your gear and be patient. Be patient. I see a lot of photographers who I look up to who are now I'm in the same circles with. I'm in the same conversations with. I still kind of sit in the background because I'm just, that's just me. I'm just a quiet person, kind of low key. But I'm, I feel like I can shoot with the best of them. The only difference between them and me is their name is put out there more. But if you took my pictures and put it in their portfolio, I feel like somebody wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But that came from time and repetition. Um, I have at least 10 hard drives of, of photos and videos. And I mean, you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of photos, hours of videos. Um, so it just doesn't happen overnight. You have to push through it because you're yeah. not going to be as good as you think you are. Just because you get lucky one shoot, another shoot may be totally different, but you can't get discouraged. You can't say I'm going to quit and give up because it didn't turn out the way I thought it was or because it didn't get a certain amount of likes on social media. That's the other thing. Don't feed them social media. Not at all. Social media <laughs> is so it's the devil. overrated. It's the overrated. devil. Um, and I even practice what I preach. So if you look at my stories, I post on my stories kind of frequently just to stay relevant on social media. But I haven't posted on my feed since September 5th last year. Um, and I did that on purpose. And I'm still getting followers because my work is consistent. But you get a lot of Bitcoin people. People want to make cartoons of you, all these fake followers. And I want organic followers. I want to be able to comment on yours. You can comment on mine. We have a discussion. Um, and it's genuine. But if I post a photo, for every photo I post, there can be 50 people who like it. There can be 50 people who hate it. Mm-hmm. If I focus on the 50 who hate it, I won't keep shooting. I'll stop because I'll think, oh, they're going to bash it. It's going to be ugly or they're not going to like it. But what if you focus on the 50 people who like it, mm-hmm. right? Those are your clients. So I don't shoot for anybody else but my clients, mm-hmm. period, because the art is so subjective. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Exactly. And so even when people come to me and ask me for advice, hey, what do you think about this photo? My first question is, what was your intent? What was your intent? Did, did you get what you were trying to do? If you did, I can't tell you that your photo is wrong. Right. Yeah. But if you had something else you were trying to do, I could say, oh, here's what you could have done to achieve that. But I'm never going to tell somebody your photo is wrong. Your photo could be blurry and dark. Maybe you were doing some abstract art. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. but you know, I, who am I to judge? Now, if you say I was trying to photograph a squirrel jumping midair, then I'd be like, yeah, you failed. But here's how you can do it next time better, right? Um, that was you. I, <laughs> that's what I would tell them. Just, you know, stay the course and just have fun with it. Have fun with it. So I have, I have one last question. Um, so when I when me and my husband got married, we did, I don't know if you you probably have heard of him. Um I think it was, I think it's still I think he's the real Todd footprint mm-hmm. footprint photos. Footprint photos, yeah. So he um y- y'all both of y'all have amazing work, but he does um, at least he did he um was it like classes? Have you ever done that or have you ever thought about like doing classes to help people like Rayshawn who has cameras. <laughs> I do. They said it's I'm literally looking at the whole 
I I got all yeah. yeah. So yes, I have. So I recently I did a class for a young man. His wife reached out to me on Instagram and she was like, you know, my husband loves your work, he follows you. Can we set up like a day in the life mentor session one-on-one with him for his birthday? So I put together a course and I did eight hours with him. We went through uh, lighting indoors and outdoors. I hired a model, a makeup artist and the whole shebang for him to come in and go through a whole shoot. We had lunch, we talked, we edited. And I got to kind of see what he wanted to do, what he liked and didn't like, and just show him what a day in the life of photography is for me. And he said he loved it. And I, and I like to do it on that skill because everybody's different. Yeah. Um, you know, so if I have a class, I got to come up with a curriculum. I got to try to make sure all the students are in different places. I'd rather do it on a smaller scale where it's either one-on-one or one-on-two. And I can really focus on what do you want to take away from the photography? Because it's different. So I know how to shoot sports. That's totally different than shooting a wedding. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. totally different from shooting headshots which is a totally different beast from doing video. So let me know what you want to learn and I can teach you what you want to learn. And that's kind of the approach that I'll take. So if someone does have an interest, they can reach out to me and I will do it. Um, But even when it comes to classes, because I've been blessed in my career with my full-time job and my business, I don't mind paying it forward. So if someone comes to me with questions, I'm okay with giving out information. I'm not I don't feel threatened by the competition. It's so much money to go around. We can all eat, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't, if somebody really wants to pay for a class, we can do a class. Otherwise, just shoot me an inbox, shoot me a DM. I'll answer your question, you know? Um, but if I don't have time, I'll say, oh, I'm busy. I'll get back to you on this day, you know? But I don't mind helping out wherever I can if somebody is, because that's how I got started. You know, somebody had to answer my annoying questions and all the YouTube video searches I had, so... It was like, you know, I, I don't mind paying it forward. Awesome. So what, last question I guess I have, what, what's your next goal? What's, what's next for McCray Multimedia? Do you do boudoir photos? Like, <laughs> not for me. Not for me. So, I have a fit. No, not for me. I'm just asking the ladies out there. <laughs> for some the, reason, my head was like, you were already going to ask that? No. <laughs> That was my, that's my anniversary. I, I stopped. My I'll say that. I stopped. So I have a partner. Her name is Amber. She, she goes by Jillian Phototherapy. Um, so I send clients to her. She, you know, she does that. She has a studio in Baltimore. You may have seen her work when you came into our studio, Rayshawn, but she nice. um, has since left our studio. She has a bigger, nicer studio for boudoir in uh, Baltimore. So I'm getting, I send everyone I'm getting some, some boudoir photos done. As a, for my anniversary. Nice. Do you oh. have a photographer already? Yeah, Mr. Walston took care of that life. Oh, nice. Okay. It was a gift. Okay. It was a gift from him. Yeah, well, we, we shall see. That should see. be fun. That should be fun. Yeah, he can't go, though. He got to stay home. Okay. <laughs> let, let him be surprised. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. As far as a goal, I have a business venture with photography that I won't share all the details. Yes, got to keep keep some things under wraps. But it's something related to headshots. And it's something that has never been done. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. It's, it I sat on it and I kept sitting on it. But the more I sit on it, I feel like nobody's doing this. Nobody has done it. And 
I know I can do it, and I know I know I can pull it off. Do you need so a um, Do you need a uh... a muse? <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a word. I didn't know. <laughs> but I will tell you this: something else I'm going to do. Um, I'm actually going to wrap my vehicle. So I got a van, maybe like five years ago, just an old white van from a government auction with like it has like forty thousand miles on it. It's like a two thousand five. I'm going to wrap it um, with my marketing stuff and use it as my primary vehicle. So I can just drive around and have marketing everywhere I go. So you mean to tell me if I took pictures with you, like my picture could be like on a metro bus? I could. I don't. Like, I don't think he said metro. <laughs> yeah, I might say that. <laughs> not, not quite a I bus. said like a metro I don't bus. Think, I don't think he quite said that. <laughs> yeah, more like, like a van. More like a, a van. van. <laughs> but you, but you know how the metro bus has the picture yes. of the kids. It, they give yeah. me go back to school and they're like, when they were so I could be like. We like probably wouldn't you like that, cart, but, like you, like you missing. Right. <laughs> looking for. <you. laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's oh, something I'm definitely going to do sooner than later. Awesome. Because awesome. free marketing, free advertisement. Like, why not? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. we're going to wrap it up because uh, okay. we do post on Instagram, and Instagram is petty with how long we can post the uh, video. Gotcha. So gotcha. They are very petty. But thank you. I know. But thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. This has been Thanks, amazing. Oh, you forgot, James. What's your um? Your, oh, I thought you. Oh, I thought you were. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> what Gina was about to say. <laughs> Drop your your um your social media handles as well as your um website. All right. So my website is www.mccraymultimedia.com. M-C-C-R-A-E, multimedia.com. Everything, Facebook, Instagram. I don't have Twitter, but if I did, uh, at McCray Multimedia. So M-C-C-R-A-E, multimedia. Um, anything, hashtag McCray Multimedia or DMV Headshots, DMV Wedding Photographer, you should be able to find me. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much again. Uh, we no truly problem. appreciate yes. it. This no is our last episode for our series and we ended it with a bang because this was amazing. I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Um, and so to our listeners, please make sure that you follow James. He left his handles and we'll also tag him, but make sure that you go and follow him on those social media likes and follows don't really matter, but we still like for you to follow us so that you can <laughs> get your business. Um, also make sure that you Continue to follow and download the podcast uh, at Realities, and I know how to spell it. So it's R-A-I-A-L-I-T-I-E-S. Make sure that you continue to follow us on social media um, and download the podcast where you get your podcast, wherever you listen to them at. It's going to be everywhere. It is everywhere. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. So let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Whoever has tuned in this long, right? Let's do a giveaway. So oh, if you tuned in this long and you are at this point, obviously you won't hear it if you're not here. Um, <laughs> if, you comment, if you comment on the video below, I'll pick one random winner for a free 30-minute headshot session for an updated headshot. So that's what we'll do. Does that oh, count for me? No. I don't nope. You mad nope. at forget you. <laughs> <laughs> you comment now that it ain't even posted. <laughs> right. Can I comment now? Like. <laughs> Gina will forget because she ain't even on social media like this. They got got a comment. They got a comment below. All right. Well, y'all heard it. So to our followers that listen through the whole thing, we're not going to tell you. We're just going to post. So 
There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. All right. Y'all have a good one.